welcome to the ABCA's podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Brownlee. The other levels of college baseball off and running, uh, we head into opening week of the Division One baseball season. Uh, I know personally I'm going to go head into the triad area with Milwaukee, Illinois, and Seton Hall at Wake Forest, JMU at NC State, Lafayette at High Point, and VCU at Charlotte. So I'm really looking forward to getting out and watching some games and uh, going to go watch games at all levels. Um, but again, this is a great time of year for college baseball fans. So. Uh, we blanket the country here with this episode with Aaron Fitt, Teddy Cahill, Kendall Rogers, and Mike Rooney. Uh, and I hope this episode gets you excited for the Division One season. Uh, thanks for listening. Uh, we're here with Aaron Fitt, uh, co-editor and national writer for D1Baseball.com and also a self-proclaimed great clubhouse guy. I saw that. <laughs> that's, that's, that is beautiful. Um, you know, Aaron, you've, you've been after this a long time. You, you know, our game is in a great place uh, because of guys like you, and, and I want to show a gratitude to you for all the hard work that you put in because our, our game's in a great place because of the writers and, and the coaches and the players. But I, I do want to say thanks to, to everything that you do for college baseball. Well, I appreciate that, and, and it's good to be talking with you again. I think the last time I saw you, you were getting run out of the ballpark in Starfield, if I'm not mistaken, so it's been a while. That was a bad replay call. <laughs> the, Jeff Jeff Head, I come out, I'm like, you guys got that wrong. He was like, I know, but you still have to leave because you threw your helmet. And so it was, <laughs> that was a great game. That that whole tournament was was wonderful with, with them and, and Texas Tech in that tournament so yep yep hey what are you looking forward to most this season after you've looked through everything what are you looking forward to most well I just think there's a lot of really good teams um and and I'm kind of excited to see how it shakes out at the top you know with with, I mean we're trying to put together our top 25 rankings and, and those top 10 I mean there's a lot of very exciting um clubs that I think you know could win it all I mean Usually you head, you head into the season and you feel like there's maybe five teams you feel really good about, and it's going to be one of those five teams at the end. But I feel like there's a dozen teams right now. Uh, it's going to be kind of a free-for-all. So, you know, will, will it be one of those teams with Omaha experience like Louisville or Vanderbilt or Texas Tech? Um, you know, will it be somebody like Miami uh, jump up this year? Will it be, um, you know, uh, like Florida State getting back in the mix or LSU, some of the traditional powers that are that are still factors? But I just think it's it's the whole landscape of the game um, right now is is, is is such a good place. You know, it's just uh, uh, there's so much talent in college baseball right now, and I was just fun to see how it shakes out. Yep. Um... Anybody, you know, the the premier teams, anybody out there that, that maybe hasn't gotten a lot of play or people aren't talking about that you feel like might have a special year? Well, you know, for me, there, there are a few teams 
toward the back end of our rankings um, that are are kind of sleeper teams for me. I mean, I think Wake Forest qualifies, you know, and yep. we were high on Wake Forest last year. We actually ranked them in the, in the preseason last year, and then it turned out the pitching just didn't hold up. But um, we're doing it again this year. I'm, I'm, I'm all in on those guys, you know, just very experienced team uh, with a lot of firepower in the lineup. And uh, and they're probably deeper on the mound than they, they have been in the entire Tom Walter era. So that, to me, is a team that qualifies as something of a, of a sleeper um, just because they weren't in the regional last year. Yep. And you look up and you're like, how are these guys in the top 25? Well, they're, they're, they're loaded. Um, and, and then, you know, Minnesota is a team I'll throw out there uh, that, uh, you know, again, they were in a super regional a couple of years ago. Um, so they're not like a stranger, but I don't know that they're on the map right now. They weren't in a regional last year. Um, but I just think with the pitching in particular, Max Meyer and, and, and Patrick Fredrickson and maybe Sam Thorson, if he can figure it out, that's three really good power arms. And uh, they feel like they're, they're nine or 10 deep of, of real quality arms and, you know, John Anderson's been doing this a long time. Yes, he has. He thinks this might be the deepest staff he's ever had. So that, that to me, is, is pretty loud. You know, and, and that seems to happen with with teams, especially from the, the North or the Midwest, where they may not have a great year the year before and guys are a year older or, you know, you have some unforeseen injuries. And see that more with, with the Midwest teams and the North teams. If, if you have one or two guys go down, it really is going to affect the, the outcome of your season. Uh, and so, it, it, you know, it's good for those guys that they're getting back on top because Coach Anderson's been doing it forever. And uh, you always pull for those guys that have been doing it for a long time. Uh, you know, as you talk to the convention with guys, any other players out there that, that guys are really excited about? Yeah, you know, I think this is um, it, it's a it's a really good year. Um I think it's a good year for for college shortstops. You know, if you just look at a talent standpoint, I mean, you're trying to make a, a preseason All-America team and pick just three shortstops for your three teams. It's like, how do you choose, you know, between the the Casey Martins and the Alika Williamses down at Arizona State? And, you know, you got Jordan Westberg. You got Hayden Cantrell at uh, Louisiana. You got Luke Waddell at, at Georgia Tech, who played for Team USA this summer and is, is a great player. You, you got Nick Lofton at Baylor. I, I think you got six guys there. You can make a case for any one of those guys as your first team shortstop. So uh, I love, you know, when we've got strong up the middle talent in college baseball. And, and I think we do this year with with, with that group of shortstops. And, um, you know, certainly Nick Gonzalez as, as a second baseman, you know, one of the best players in the country, probably a first round pick. Justin Foscue, you know, Mississippi State, um, you know, second baseman that, that stand out there. And you got Patrick Bailey behind the plate. You got Austin Wells. I mean, there's. Once again, there's really good talent up the middle, which I think is a good barometer um, that we're getting these kind of players to college baseball. What do you feel like's changed the most from when you first started, you know, in the early 2000s to to where the game is at now? What do you feel like has changed the most with with college baseball? Well, we're just getting so much more exposure um, from a media standpoint that I think that's really helped grow the game. You know, there's no question that the the advent of, of streaming has been huge because yep. you remember back in the day, you try to watch a game on your computer and it's this grainy video feed from a, a camera that's up on the, the press box above the, you know, the screen. And it's just, you can't see what's going on. And, and half, you know, most of the schools didn't even have that. You know, yep. you were lucky if you could get, get that kind of a stream. And now we've got product professional productions, you know, for all these, these programs around the country, certainly ACC, SEC, um, leading the way, but the Pac-12 network, Big Big Ten network. I mean, um, you know, there's there's a lot of options, and so you know, ESPN's commitment to college baseball, uh, the bases loaded thing in particular, all the the postseason games that you can watch on TV now, 
um, you know, every super regional game, all that stuff. I just think the fact that more players um, can can go to college and, and play on TV uh, has has kind of created a cycle where more high end guys are choosing the college baseball route. So I think that's what's really changed is that exposure. And if you look at the facilities, I mean, there's a reason that even the commissioner of baseball is is out there saying, you know, it's it's not such a bad thing for for high school athletes to take the college route because those guys have spent a lot of money on their facilities and they're, they're really invested in developing. Uh, I think even a lot of big league teams recognize that um, sometimes the best path for player developmentally is to go to college baseball, which that didn't used to be the case where you would exactly. have people in pro ball who would say, yeah, you know, go to school. I mean, you know, if they, if they could sign you for 10,000 bucks as a high school senior, they would do it. Yep. Um, I think now it's, I think there's more of a, a, a recognition that there's a reciprocal relationship between college baseball and, and major league baseball. And, you know, the rising tide kind of lifts all boats. Yep. Yeah. I, I, and for me, college, the, the strength training programs, the nutrition, uh, you know, sleep, all the things that, that players really need to develop at that age, college programs at, at all levels have a lot of that stuff figured out. And my best memory of growing up is when my dad would get the college world series highlight VH, VHS tape. So I'm dating myself, but back in the, the early, the eighties and the, and the nineties, that was like Christmas day for me when the, the college world series highlight VHS tape would show up. And to think about where we're at now with the amount of games that we have on television, uh, I'm I'm just happy to be a, a small part of of the growth of, of college baseball now, and and the great thing is we still have more room for growth in the game. That I, I think you look up ten even ten years from now, it's going to be in a, a way better place as well. Yeah, I'm with you, and, and I think it's really encouraging. Again, just the, yes, the fact is. that Major League Baseball has has made more of a, a push um, to promote college baseball. You know, moving the draft to Omaha is a big part of that. That's awesome, um, and I, I just think that. You know, as as we work more hand in hand with Major League Baseball, uh, the college game is only going to grow. Like you said, I think there is a lot more upside that that's still ahead. Yep. Anything else you'd like to discuss before I let you go, and then let our listeners know where they can find you. I, I know you're a legend, but maybe not everybody listening <laughs> in knows exactly where to find you. But where? Because we're going to have some intriguing storylines with Division One baseball this year. Where can people find you? Yeah, you can find, uh, well, obviously, d1baseball.com yep. is, is your, your home for everything you need uh, to follow college baseball uh, during the season, you know, uh, schedules, scores, analysis, uh, podcasts. Uh, we've got a nice team of writers, a great team of writers that uh, uh, we blanket the country every week trying to provide as much coverage as we can. So check that out, d1baseball.com. We hope people subscribe. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Aaron Fit, um, or, or of course at d1baseball.com. Uh, so, or at d1baseball, I should say, is the Twitter handle. So yep. check it, check it out. Okay. Well, I really appreciate you coming on. I'd like to get you back midseason because those preseason rankings, uh, you know, with injuries and and you know, guys maybe overachieving or guys underachieving, you know, what it looks like right now and what it looks like in the middle of April are going to be two completely different things. Yeah, there are always, there's always a team or two that jumps up that people didn't see coming, and there's always a team or two that kind of falls flat. So we can we can talk about that in a couple of months. Hey, you're dealing with 18 to 22-year-olds, so uh, a lot changes for guys, even from, from fall to, to Christmas break to now. So it's it's always cool to, to see who's gotten better and, and maybe who didn't get better over break as well. Absolutely. All right. Well, Aaron, I really appreciate it. Thanks. All right, Ryan. Uh, here with Teddy Cahill, a uh, national writer for Baseball America. Teddy, I appreciate you jumping on, and uh, your top 25 just came out, so that that's good news. But, um, 
you know, appreciate you coming on. How are things with you right now? Absolutely. It's a, it's a fun time of year. It's a busy time of year as we're, we're getting closer to opening day, but it's, it's always fun to be thinking about what could happen. You know, it, every year this time, uh, everyone has a lot of optimism about what, where their teams are going to be or, you know, what could happen this spring. So it, it's, a, it's a fun time to, to really dig into everything with, uh, around the country. Yeah, and and just looking through uh, your top twenty-five, you've got some some teams that had really good years last year. Uh, obviously, with Vanderbilt and, and Louisville and Michigan, Mississippi State, UCLA. But then you do have some teams that haven't been in it. You know, I, I think teams are really high on Miami this year. I think teams are high on our people are high on Florida this year. And then you look at Wake Forest as well. Um, you know, it, it looks like there's there's a nice mix of teams that were good last year, and then you got some some new ones, maybe some. You know, historically good programs, but maybe had fallen on some hard times with some injuries and and guys underperforming. But now you look there, there it looks like they're they're poised to have really good years this year. Yeah, I mean, I, one of the most interesting things in the 2020 season, I think, is going to be Arizona State and Miami, two historical powers that haven't been operating at that level for the last uh, you know four or five years, really. And now they look like teams that can be Omaha teams, can be national contending teams, and. So I think seeing where where they're going to go is is really interesting. And then of course, you know, you mentioned a team like Florida last year, a disappointing year by their standards after making it to the College World Series four years in a row to yep. uh, you know only just sneak into regionals really at the at the end there. Uh, you know that that's not what they're about there. But the yep. the talent is definitely there in Gainesville for a much better season and a return potentially to Omaha. So yeah, it's a, it's going to be interesting. We've got teams like Vanderbilt and Louisville that, you know, we're playing there right at the end uh, that, you know, are at the top again this season. And, and then you also have some of these, these, uh, you know, I, I don't know if Miami and Arizona state are fresh faces, but you know, they're certainly <laughs> newer. If, you know, it's not, if they go you're to gonna, Omaha, Hey, you're you know, going to get some emails and, and, and DMS <laughs> about that so i got your back just send them my way when you when you get a dm about arizona state just go ahead and send them my way <laughs> yeah absolutely it's a it's gonna be fun though i, I think it we're in for a fun spring with all of these teams you know uh, traditional powers non-traditional powers that, that look pretty good this season yeah and i i looked actually through some of the local schedules being out in north carolina now you have an opportunity to to see some really good baseball early and i saw the second weekend where dallas baptist is actually coming out to play north carolina i think you have northwesterns at at south carolina that weekend as well um uh, but that was something that i kind of earmarked early just to see because i know dallas baptist is ranked and I, I got a chance to watch them practice this fall at one of our barnstormers events and uh, their coaching staff is really good so that's something that i'm intrigued to look at early because you have two top 25 teams that are going to go at it here uh, early in the year which should be an interesting weekend that weekend yeah absolutely and what i really like about that one is that it's this uh interregional thing you know yep. it's not just um, you know, North Carolina playing another really good team in the state. Obviously, they can do that, and, and they do do that. You know, but to to see them go out and, and bring Dallas Baptist here, you know, just the different styles, the the different players that that you get when you get these cross regional matchups. You know, I, I I think that that's a fun one, and you know, Northwestern South Carolina fits that that same bill as well. I I like it when we see teams from around the country kind of mixing it up like that. You know, a, a yep. team like a Northwestern or Ohio State, which goes down to play Georgia Tech that same weekend, which, again, looks to be a, a pretty good one with two ranked yeah. opponents. 
you know, I mean, they have to being from the north. You understand that, of course. Uh, you know, coming from from where you came from. But <laughs> you know, for Dallas Baptist, they don't necessarily have to come out this way. But it's good to see them challenging themselves, and, and good to see UNC challenging themselves with the difficult home series. I think that's the one thing that that maybe college baseball misses, especially with the early ranking stuff that you get with basketball. Is basketball you have teams that that will travel. They don't play as many games and. I think that's where you get hurt a little bit with with baseball from a travel standpoint is that the travel squad is is way different than basketball you know you're only going to travel maybe 20 tops basketball but you're you know you're going to carry a lot more with your staff and everybody in baseball so it's a lot harder financially and you do play more games so that's why you don't see as much of teams traveling all over the the country with baseball just because from a financial standpoint it doesn't make as much sense because you play so many more games and your travel squad's a lot bigger so it's a lot harder to to do that i wish we could see more of it but you're just not going to just from a financial standpoint you just won't see it yeah absolutely i mean and and just to to move all the equipment is a is a thing too you know in basketball you don't really have that but you know you see these guys looking around their bat bags and the catcher's gear and it's a whole production you know and i coaches really think about that a lot i know that you know they you know where can we fly into easily where where's an easy trip to if we're going to fly so uh you know i I know everyone out there is is working really hard to to try and make all of that all of that fit so when it does fit in something like this you know, I, I think it's a lot of fun for, for everyone involved. A couple of those years, I think about what we did when I was at Iowa, because we, we traveled so much that we would drive our equipment out. You know, one year I drove the equipment out in a Suburban with one of our other assistants, Chris Welker. We drove all the way to Fresno, California. Um, and then we split it up on the way out, but on the way back, we drove 27 straight hours because we had to play Northern Iowa at home that, that Tuesday. Not great scheduling probably on our part, but then <laughs> we ended up figuring out it was cheaper for us to load all of our equipment on our bus and have our bus leave from Iowa City. When we went to Florida a couple times, we did that two years in a row where our bus actually, with all of our stuff, drove and met us because it was easier getting on and off the, the flight, and it was actually a push for the cost. So those are all things that baseball coaches have to worry about that, that other sports don't necessarily have to deal with, and that's why I love baseball coaches because they're very good at, at finding ways to cut costs. Even at the bigger schools, you have to you still have to do that because you only have so much money budget-wise. So it's there's some great stories out there that are like that. Absolutely. I, Rick Heller, speaking of Iowa, <laughs> one at the convention where you know he was talking about um, you know, the football team's bands that, that he just went over to the football program and was like, can, can we have your bands when you're done with them? If you're not going to use them, exactly. and, and that's how, that's how they have their bands now. Yep. It's, it, you got to use what you can. Well, he's coming from upper Iowa and, and Northern Iowa and Indiana state, you know, he's, he's done a, a really good job at Iowa, but he still brought that mentality. He hasn't changed. Um, and then that's why they've had a lot of success at Iowa because he hasn't changed. You know, he, he went from, you know, some, some schools that have to really, really be cost conscious to now being at, at Iowa, but he's he's been able to kind of save money in other areas so they can spend money on, on different things with the tech part of it too. So he's always been really good at that. And, um, you know, they're, they're a program that doesn't always get talked about a lot, but uh, they're going to be there at the end. Um, even though they got some new guys rolling in, they're going to be good too. But it's good to see Ohio State back as well. Um, you know, it's, it's nice. I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing how play things play out. Anybody that's not in the top 25, um, that, that maybe you're looking at to see how they do here in the beginning of the year. 
Uh, well, I'm really interested to see what Ole Miss looks like this year. They brought in a lot of new talent because they had to. You know, they, yeah. they lost so many guys last year, guys, guys that were you know so influential on that program, like Greg Kessinger and and Thomas Dillard and Cooper Johnson and um, Ryan Olynyk. So those guys moved on, and and Ole Miss brought in what we ranked as the number two recruiting class in the country, and um, it features two guys who are also playing football at Ole Miss that played a lot of football this yep. fall, you know, in uh, John Rice Plumley and Jerry Neely, quarterback and running back. And so I'm just going to be very excited to see what that looks like in Oxford now. I think that there's a lot of talent there still. I mean, Doug Nikhazy pitched for the national team over the summer, and Gunnar Hoagland, of course, uh, was a, a really high pick that, that didn't sign a couple years ago to lead the pitching staff. So what that all mixed up looks like now is going to be interesting. I, I don't know exactly what to expect down there. So they play Louisville on opening weekend, and, and yep. I don't want to read too much into that one series, but I, that's definitely one that I'm going to be keeping an eye on uh, just because the the amount of new, new faces in there and, and the exciting new faces that they have mixed with some of this returning talent, but that they also lost the, these huge significant players that, that were a big part of these last couple uh, you know, Ole Miss teams that, that were really, really good uh, for, for Mike Bianco down there. Yeah, and and I saw where Arizona's back in too, so good for Coach Johnson because that's always good. When Arizona and Arizona State are both playing well, that that's a good because that's one of the best rivalries in the country with those two teams. So hopefully both of them have a great year, and when they tangle up, it's going to be good to follow those as well. Absolutely. I mean, to to get Arizona back in, uh, you know, they're going to be really offensive this year. And of course, Nate Yeski uh, out there yep. trying to trying to help the pitching staff. So exactly. I'm, I'm very interested to see what that looks like early on, too, because uh, that's not an easy place to coach pitchers. Oh, <laughs> uh, there's a few of those out there like that. So any other storylines uh, that you're paying attention to before I let you go? You know, I, I think just generally there there's a lot to to follow around the country. I you know this year we don't have something like Mike Martin's retirement, uh, you know, looming yeah. over over college baseball. Or, but I, I think that there's you know there there's been kind of a a, a renewal in in the game here. Um, you know, and that naturally happens every year. But when when you think about like a player like Adley Rutschman moving on and uh, you know Mike Martin moving on, there, there's just a lot of new newness to the game right now. So I'm yeah. I'm excited to see who emerges from that. And then I also want to see um, you know what Vanderbilt can do this year in terms of can they repeat because they have a lot of talent back. And I want to see what Kumar Rocker's next act is because yeah. what well, the last we saw of him in June was was very special. So I want to see. Uh, what that looks like over a full season now that he has, uh, you know, one year of college baseball under his belt. I'm always impressed with guys that can back it up, you know, from a, a really good freshman year to a really good sophomore year because that doesn't always happen for guys. So I, I'm I'm always impressed with guys that have a really good freshman year and can back it up with a really good sophomore year because sometimes guys will will take a little bit of a step back, but obviously he's got so much talent um, that I, I don't think he's going to have an issue with with rolling with where he ended up because he's just he's so talented and. That's the great thing for me with college baseball now is with the draft is there are more guys showing up on campus now. So you do have a legitimate chance to watch guys that are going to be future big leaguers that that may get to the big leagues fairly quick, um, you know, after they sign. So I think that's where the, the game of baseball is in great place 
college-wise just because we have so much talent being infused that, that aren't signing because it is a, a great avenue. Both sides, there's there's arguments to both sides, whether you sign or not out of high school, but you know both sides, whether it's college or pro side, both have, have arguments to, to whether a guy should do it. And really, ultimately, the only thing that matters is if a guy actually makes it or not. Um, you know, They did it right. If a guy decided to go to college and he makes it, he did it right. If a guy doesn't go to college and he makes it, then he did it right. But you can you can look at both sides and it works both sides for guys. Yeah, absolutely. It's a very individual decision, but yes, it, it is, is very fun for for our purposes when yes. we get to see Kumar Rocker oh, yeah. on a big big stage like Omaha versus yeah. uh, you know being in a complex league. So I you know it's it's a uh, it's great for the fans yes, when these is. guys get to to perform on the stages that the college baseball does offer them. All right, for anybody that wants to argue with you about your top 25, where can they find you? I am on Twitter, at Ted Cahill. You can find the top 25 over at BaseballAmerica.com. Yeah, okay. Well, Teddy, hopefully I can get you on in a couple months here, and, and we'll see how all these storyline play, play, storylines play out, and uh, then we'll go from there. But hopefully I run into a ballpark here soon. Let me know where you're going to be at, and then uh, you and I can watch some games together. Absolutely. It's going to be a fun spring here around the country, but definitely in the state of North Carolina. Oh, yeah. Yep. Looking forward to it. So thanks for coming on. Absolutely. Thank you. Yep. All right. Well, we're here with uh, Kendall Rogers, uh, co-managing editor of D1Baseball.com. And Kendall, really appreciate you being here. Look like the top 25 just came out, but appreciate you taking the time to, to come on and talk with us. Yeah, you got it, man. It was great to see you guys all at the ABCA convention. Man, that place is a madhouse. That's a good thing for the ABCA, but there was a madhouse out there and uh, a lot of good coaches speaking. So I always feel like the ABCA and, and Fit when I would, Aaron Fit and I were just talking about this about a, you know a couple weeks ago. But I always feel like the ABCA convention is kind of like the official start of college baseball season, even though the weather might not say it. So I'm looking forward to it, and we had our top 25 come out today. So. Look forward to seeing what happens uh, with uh, these uh, college baseball teams this year. Yep, and and you guys have a have a tough job just because there are so many good teams, and you can't get everybody in. And you always take heat. <laughs> it's kind of nice to watch somebody else take some heat, you know, when you were coaching, because um, you can't please everybody. And so you know, you guys have a have a tough job. But what are you looking forward to most this season? You know, right right here as we get ready to get started. Well, I think the biggest thing for me, I think when you look across the country, is the, kind of the depth of some of these power conferences. You know, you look at our rankings, uh, you know, with the SEC, obviously, I mean, as usual, uh, with nine teams in the rankings, they, they don't get nine teams every year. But as usual, they're deep. Uh, but I think the ACC, you know, the ACC is one of those conferences I kind of feel like one year everybody's really high on them. The next year everybody's like, oh, you know, you know they're, they're a little overrated but this year i think the acc is really deep and i think the acc you could even argue could even have more teams ranked at some point this year boston college for instance is a team uh that, that i think might be mike gambino is gonna have a really really solid club so i think the acc is going to be deep i think the big 12 uh is very much wide open you know texas tech obviously coming in at number six in our rankings you know oklahoma and oklahoma state also being ranked you know but keep it out on texas keep it out on tcu keep it out on baylor i think all three of those teams ha- have some uh really intriguing attributes about them and also have some uh some pretty glaring question marks so i think the big 12 very wide open i think out west in the pac 12 uh it's kind of the changing of the guard in some of these programs you're looking at you know uh, arizona you know, with the addition of Nate Yeski for Oregon State, I mean that to me that was the most impressive assistant hire uh, of the offseason. For Obviously, sure. it was it was aided a little bit by the fact that Oregon State hired Mitch Canham. That's another changing of the guard there with Mitch Canham uh, taking over at Oregon State. Uh, they were not ranked in our top twenty-five. 
But I think when you look at those guys, you know, if they can make the transition forward without Yeski with uh, the Christian Chamberlains and the Jake Mulhalls in the weekend rotation, you know, Oregon State might not skip a beat. And so uh, I think the uh, out west, I feel like there are a lot of question marks. Not necessarily, not necessarily a bad thing. I yep. think as a former coach, you would say like there's there are plenty of teams I had that had question marks, but not necessarily like bad things. Uh, to be said about the team, just a lot of question marks. I think when you look out west, the Big West, like, who knows? Like, there, there's several teams there that could be in the mix. Long Beach State with Eric Valenzuela taking over. you got to figure they'll have a new look. You know, Rick Vanderhoek, I thought, made some really nice additions in the offseason uh, with Sergio Brown, uh, adding him as an assistant from Arizona, getting Andy Jenkins as a volunteer for Oregon State. I thought was a really nice hire, too. So, uh, you know, does Fullerton kind of return to Fullerton? And then you have UC Santa Barbara out there, Ryan, who you know had a really nice year last year, but a lot of turnover with Donald Fergus here, you know, recently taking yep. a hitting coach job with the Twins. You know, how does UCSB move forward from its turnover? So I think when you look across the country, um, you know, I, I just think there's a there's a lot of parity, uh, especially out west. There's a lot of parity, and I think when you look at the uh, the Southern conferences, it's there, and also. Uh, in the Big Ten, I'm sure we'll talk about the Big Ten a little bit more a little later. But, you know, the Big Ten, I, I feel like, again, is one of those five to six uh, team strong conferences right now. Uh, the Big Ten has really made nice strides. And it's great to see off the hills of uh, on the hills of Michigan uh, getting to that national championship series. Yep. Uh, the Big Ten's not going anywhere. Good. You know, and the hard part with the West Coast schools, and I voted in the top 25 USA Today poll for a long time. The hard part is early in the year they play each other and they beat up on each other. So, you know, there, there's going to be some teams that, that may make it to the World Series that start out in their first 20 games. They might be 10 and 10. So, you know, it's just hard to tell with those West Coast teams. And then looking through the top 25, you know, Florida wasn't ranked last year. Arizona State wasn't ranked at the end of the year. NC State, uh, Wake Forest, and then Oklahoma, you know, they're all in there, which is great, you know, because, again, you do it, so much research that the, the regular fan that's looking in right now, they don't do yeah. as much research as you, and you guys do such a good job of, of making sure, like, who's got guys coming back, yeah. who maybe had some nice surprises, guys skated through the draft that showed up on campus, and, you know, those are all things that, that going into the year that, that you guys pay attention to, so you're going to have way more feel on what's going on out there than some others. Well, other and, I'll, and I'll say this. I appreciate the comments about the research and thing, but I'll say this. There are teams in the past that we've totally missed on. I mean, I remember – uh, you know, when you talk about teams that start off a little slow and end up being a national contender, I always think back to, you know, Fullerton uh, about a decade ago. Uh, they were 500 at one point yep. in the middle of the season. They ended up winning the national championship yep. with Jason Windsor and company. So, you know, it's one of those things is the, the first few weeks, I feel like it's kind of about finding the right mix, whether it's on the mound or, you know, whether it's your infield sets. Uh, if you can find that right mix, I, I think, you know, from the middle point of the season and on is where I, I wouldn't say is it's where it only matters. That's where it really matters. The first, to me, the first month is about trying to find those right fits going into conference play. And, you know, Fullerton that year is a prime example of a team that, you know, wasn't necessarily great the first month, but boy, they were obviously great uh, down the stretch. And Fresno state did it too. Fresno came in as a four seed and won the national championship. They were the last team in that year that they won the national championship. And, and yeah, that was a weird team. We played them the year before. When I was at Iowa, we played them talented. the year before. Yeah, they had a ton of young yeah, guys they, on that they team. Were the, like a really, really talented fourth season. I mean, you yes. look at uh, you know, Brandon Burke. Uh, you look at Tommy Medunca uh, at the yep. third. Uh, you know, my man Sean Bones. Still, you can't. I can't forget about the Scullet uh, <laughs> there in, on the mound. So uh, they were pretty talented. Yeah. Um, 
you know, anybody that's maybe not in the top 25 right now that that's kind of just just on the cusp of, of everything of getting in any any other teams that are maybe right on it uh, yeah. that that are sniffing getting in. I think there's several teams to really keep an eye on. I think Minnesota with with Max Meyer and Patrick yep. Ferguson on the mound. I think John Anderson's going to have a really good team. I was talking to John at the ABCA a couple of weeks ago. He's really excited uh, about the group that he has. And again, you know, you, you talk about some of these northern schools and some of these western schools early on in the season. You know, Minnesota last year is one of those teams. It was kind of a product of a really difficult schedule. They went yes. out to Arizona, did not play well. They had some turnover from the previous season. Um, and, you know, they just didn't react very well to it. And they got in such a huge hole. You know, honestly, they had such a huge hole. Like, conference play didn't even matter. Like, they basically had to win the conference tournament at the middle of the season. Exactly. So, uh, Minnesota, I feel like this year with Max Meyer and Fredrickson, that's a, a two-headed monster that, there. And you look at Sam Thorson as well as a really talented arm. I think John is going to have a really nice club. Uh, I think when you look at the Big Ten, you know, Illinois, I think Dan Hartland's going to have a really nice club. And I also think Ohio State, you know, Ohio State last year wins a conference tournament to get in. I think when you look at Greg Bills' team, you know, with Dylan Dingler behind the plate, you look at that rotation with Lonsway and Burren. Those are two really, really talented arms. And by the way, all of a sudden they're experienced. They played in the postseason last year For sure. against the defending national champions. So uh, Ohio State will be ready. And, uh, you know, I would even say keep it on Nebraska out of the Big Ten. Uh, I think uh, Will Bolt does inherit some pretty impressive talent uh, with Mojo Hagee and, uh, and company. And I think uh, Nebraska will be a pretty solid club as well. I think across the, the rest of the country, uh, I think you look at Texas and TCU out of the Big 12. Texas, for me, uh, is one of those teams that's not ranked, but it has a lot of upside if everything clicks. And what I mean by that, when you look at the Longhorns, they're going to start three guys in the, on the dirt in the infield. Uh, I know as a former coach, it's a little scary to think about, but they're really talented guys. So if everything clicks for Texas and those three freshmen, you know, make the quick transition, I see Texas being really good. But man, that is that is a lot to count on. It early sure season, is. You, you just never know with freshmen. And, you know, yeah. you, you do get to play a couple of those fall games in the fall, but it's not a full schedule. And then once the lights are on. You just don't know how guys are going to react because it, it will be the first time that some of these guys have have struggled. Actually, Mike Rooney and I talked about this this past weekend at the VBCA. Yeah. We talked about Kumar Rocker, and Kumar Rocker's first outing for Vandy last year, he got lit up. And then you look what he did at yeah. the end of the year. He throws a no hitter. You know, it, it take any freshman at any level of college baseball. It's going to take them some time to get adjusted. So it's you know, it's a coin flip with your freshman. Yeah, you know, I, I actually I remember back. I was talking to Scott Brown about this uh, actually in Nashville a couple weeks ago. You know, Kumar Rocker actually saw his first great start. He was down there, he was pitching down at A and M. Yep. And I think he might have gone like six and two thirds. I think he might have given up a couple of hits. Ended up losing the game actually uh, because A and M got like a weak hit late in the game. But uh, you could tell from that point on that was kind of a, the the switch for him. But yeah, you look at Texas Trey Faltini up the middle. I think he's gonna be a really nice player. Whether it's now. Or next year, I just think he's going to be a really nice player. Then you look at Andre Duplantier, uh, John Duplantier from Rice, his younger brother. He's going to be really good as well. Now, I know the Horns also like Brendan Dixon, uh, a freshman for them. So, again, yeah. I really like their pieces on the mound with, you know, the guys like Ty Madden and, and Bryce Elder. Uh, you know, you look at the back end. Cole Quintanilla is a guy that I feel like is going to take a step forward. He was really good for them until about the midpoint of the season last year. So, it, it, again, if those guys can make a quick transition, I think Texas has a lot of upside. And also, 
you know, South Carolina, it's, it's weird to like be in a position to where like, we're not really thinking about South Carolina on the national level very much, but you look at the Carmen Majinski and, and guys like that, you look at the return of Noah Campbell. I mean, I don't think a year ago, anybody thought they'd get Noah Campbell back from yep. the year Campbell struggles last year and they getting back. So uh, those are two guys, especially Majinski, you know, after, you know, having the injury last year, I think he's going to have a big year. And we all know if you can have that big boy on Friday night, uh, you got a chance to do some pretty special things. Yeah, I think I'm actually going to go down and see them. Just with Northwestern's going down there the second weekend, and and with knowing all of Northwestern's coaching staff, and then South Carolina, that is a, a weekend road trip for me to go down there just to see those guys. Because I love, I love Absolutely. both. I love a lot of coaches out there. We're we're really lucky at the Division One level and all levels of college. We have great coaches involved, and yeah. you know our game's in a great place at all levels of college baseball because of the coaches, because of the sports writers that we have covering everything everything and then the players it's just a great time for for college baseball and i'm really excited about watching how things are going to unfold any other intriguing storylines that you're following you know i i just think you know i talked about the changes in the guard earlier i just think when you look around the country you look at miami uh yep. ranked at number three you know it was only a couple of years ago they were uh, you know uh, removed from uh, not making the postseason yep. you know you look at that remember that iconic shot that photo of their locker room when they found out they didn't make the postseason I think Gino Damari has obviously recruited very well. I think those guys are going to be really good this year. I mean, I just love their their lineup depth with Alex Terrell, the big banger there in the middle of the lineup. Adrian Del Castillo is a really nice player. I love the just the chip on his shoulder they play with. And then on the mound with Slade Ciccone and, and Chris McMahon. Chris McMahon had a great fall. There's a lot of buzz right now. And then Brian Van Bell, just kind of that that experienced guy there on that Friday night role. Uh, I think Miami's going to have a great year. And then you look uh, you know, upstate a little bit. At uh, Florida and Florida State, I think Kevin O'Sullivan will have the Gators back this year. You know, you look at that rotation yep. with Tommy Mays, Jack Lefwich, uh, and then you look at the, the addition of guys like Hunter Barco. I think last year, you know, offensively, they kind of went through the doldrums a little bit, but I think those guys, you're older and wiser. They went through the rigors of the SEC last year. I think they're going to be ready. And then at Florida State, uh, you know, this is the ultimate change of their guard, so to speak, with uh, Mike Martin Jr. taking over for 11. You never know how those transitions go. But I'll tell you what, I really, really like this team on paper. I think Junior uh, will be a little different. I think you're going to see FSU maybe be a little more aggressive across the board. Uh, and, boy, I'll tell you what, I, I love that uh, one-two punch there with, with C.J. Van Eyck. You, you could pop in the video of him at LSU last year, not super. And, man, that is exactly the way you draw up a Friday night ace. And so yep. if he pitches like that this year, Shane drove him from the left side. Uh, Aaron Fitz saw him really good in the fall. He's a guy that's expected to take a big step forward. That is a very good one-two punch. Uh, I don't think Florida State skips a beat. And so, uh, to me, those, those are kind of things that stand out. You know, the other things for me, you know, Michigan, uh, they finished national runner-up last year. They look great on paper. Uh, you know, can Michigan now, you know, deal with being the hunted? It's a lot easier. You know this as well as anybody. It's a lot easier going after somebody than it is being the team that every single weekend everybody's like, man, I just want to pound Michigan in the ground. And so, like, how <laughs> Michigan handles that, I, I have no doubt with Eric Backage and, and Nick Schnabel and those guys, they'll probably handle it great. But it is a little different. It's it's a different feeling when you take the field when everybody wants to beat your brains in. And and being in the Midwest, you know, teams historically aren't always able to reload because yeah. Midwest programs are built a little bit more on development. So you're going to need a guy like an Aiko Thomas at second base who's who's been through the wars for three or four years. That's usually what you see out of your better Midwest teams is is they're going to take their lumps with some younger guys early, and then as they get older, then they'll up having good years. But again. It's not going to be because their coaching staff. Their coaching staff is tremendous. Yeah, that's a 
Yeah, and that's a that's an interesting point. I think when you look at these these teams like Michigan, you're starting to see these Big Ten teams like re- you kind of kind of emulate things a little yeah. bit. You're right. There there are times in the past where the Big Ten teams, especially yep. in the Big West and some of these other conferences, where like you've had a great year, like Indiana when they got to Omaha, you had a great year, and then not not necessarily a bad year, but like just not as good as that. Whereas like Michigan this year, I feel like I feel pretty co- confident saying like I kind of expect a pretty Similar year. I'm not saying they're going to awesome. get to the championship series, but I think they can get to Omaha. And I think you know Illinois has kind of started to be that way. Indiana's yep. certainly that way every year. And now Minnesota. I, I think last year was an aberration. I think that was just one of those those situations that just kind of got away from them a little bit. But like Minnesota's to the point now where I think they're going to start being a pretty good team every year. So it's it's great to see, honestly. And I got to throw Coach Heller some love at Iowa because him and Marty. Oh, how did I not mention? Well, you know, they, oh, it's just because me. it's because they're so unassuming. Like Marty, I, I think Marty Sutherland may be one of the most underrated coaches in the country because nobody really knows about him. But he is really good on the development side and a really good in-game coach. He's really good at picking up stuff in-game. Uh, just really smart baseball guy that that again I think he gets yeah. he gets kind of pushed off to the side just because he's not out front but he he's a great coach that's a great coaching staff there as well um, and then you know Louisville you know whether you consider Louisville a Southern or a Northern pro I, they're they're right on the borderline you know are they a Southern pro <laughs> are they a Southern program are they a Northern program but they you know they Dan's done, done such a good job there that you know for them to be ranked number one preseason. Uh, I think I read where that's the first time for them preseason to be ranked. First time ever. I actually, yep. I'll have to, in like full transparency, like I, I was even shocked. I was shocked when I read that. I had them one yes. at some point. I was shocked. I think it was 2017. We had them number two for like five or six straight weeks. Oregon State that year, by the way, uh, was number one all those weeks. They yep. were pretty good. Yeah, they're solid. All right, well, Kendall, where can where can everybody find you? Hopefully, not to to give you a smack about the top twenty five, but where can where? Well, I, I will say we had some first world problems today. I had an Arkansas fan, and granted, ninety percent <laughs> well ninety nine percent Arkansas fans are awesome. Yes, but I had this one fan who was complaining that Arkansas you know, wasn't high enough at number seven in our rankings. So it's <laughs> and, tough, and again, it's, it's well, it's your math, your number seven, it's preseason too. So it's like, it's great. Cause the, it means college season here, but it is still preseason. And, and there's still a lot of times teams are just getting ready to start practice. You don't know what guys look like over break when they come back. A lot can change here between now and when, you know, February 14th rolls around. No, there's no doubt about it. We'll have a lot of preview content over the next month, like a lot of people will. You yeah. know, we'll have the 25 breakdowns throughout this week. Uh, next week, we will start conference previews. We'll have uh, in-depth breakdowns on teams, Perfect. projected standings, top prospects, uh, pretty much everything you can imagine. And we'll have next Monday All-American teams. So Great. it's a busy next month of the season. But I'll tell you what, that opening day will be here before you know. And I, I'm a little concerned about the weather because it's, <laughs> it's been so nice. 78 or 80 I know four days ago you just know it's going to be like 22 on opening day for sure because you know it's coming like for me you know it's great but then you know it's getting pushed the winter is coming at some point you just hopefully it gets in and out but you just never know with mother nature now yeah exactly well Kendall I appreciate you coming on and and hopefully we touch base here in the middle of the year and then at the end and then for postseason as well you got it Ryan good talking to you buddy okay thanks Kendall all right, we're here with Mike Rooney, uh, college baseball analyst extraordinaire and uh, covers D1 baseball for Perfect Game. And Mike and I go way, way back. But, Mike, thanks for coming on. Coach Bradley, always a pleasure. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And uh, 
really lucky I get a chance to see you at the VBCA and we get a chance to have dinner and, and rehash some old stories. So it's, it's always fun when we get together and talk baseball. Yeah, the old stories just get better and better over time. It's, it's some of my favorites. <laughs> yes. Yep, exactly. And I text you that afterwards. You are, you're, you're always a reminder uh, for me of, of what I love about college baseball. And, um, you know, you always bring back uh, great memories for me of when I was growing up and watching Notre Dame and Evansville at Bossy Field. Yeah, that's, that's, uh, I, those were great, great times. I, I think for people like you and I, we were like, raised on college baseball so it's in our it's in our veins it's awesome this time of year is pretty pretty awesome yeah uh it seems like the convention is a nice lead in now uh to the the season getting ready to start and um you know you're my last one here so this will be good we've covered you know a little bit of d1 but nai d2 d3 and and juco it's uh we're, we're really lucky now with college baseball that we have uh guys that are really interested in different levels so should be a really cool preview here february 11th um just to, to rehash all levels of baseball and get everybody excited for the season yeah that's awesome i i, I take great pride in that i mean i coached high school I, I was an assistant in high school coach high school coach junior college coach division one so I'm with you. I think that the, all the levels are, it's still the same profession, just in a lot of ways, it's how many people are in the seats, but it's, uh, yeah, it's still all a blast. There's no question. Yep. Yep. And it's, it's good for, it's a great time to be a college baseball fan because you can get so much information and the internet's yep. great that way that you can find out anything about anything with, with baseball now. And just looking, um, you know, looking through your top 25, um, you know, you've got Louisville on the top, and then Vandy, Texas Tech, Arkansas, Arizona State, um, Auburn, Miami, Mississippi State, UCLA, Georgia, Duke, Michigan, Florida, Florida State, Stanford, Oklahoma, North Carolina, Mississippi, Okie State, Louisiana State, NC State, Texas A&M, East Carolina, Texas, and Virginia. And it seems like the D1 guys that I've talked to, are it's, it's all very similar. Um, so mm-hmm. I think guys feel really good about – the top 25 and um you know who are you excited about the most out of that group yeah i would say so the for the perfect game top 25 that's the one that i get to vote on and, and patrick ebert of perfect game is he's he's a key part of that as well you know I, th- I think like louisville felt really good at number one but vandy was you know it, vandy's tough to evaluate because they've got a ton of really good pitching back and then they've got um, they lose a ton of really critical position players, but they have Austin Martin back. And, you know, Austin Martin, Martin you could argue, is the best player in the country. Yep. So I would say if, if Austin Martin didn't, you know, he was banged up in the fall with a knee. Everyone says he's perfectly fine. But I, I would say if maybe he played all fall, maybe I would vote for Vandy one. I, you know, Louisville's got a ton of really good pitching back. They've got an older team. I, I felt like Vandy, Texas Tech, and Louisville were the teams I was going back and forth on, and you know, and and it, it's just it's interesting as you're going through the rankings, and then you know, there's the SEC West. It's like, what do you do with that group? Like Arkansas, Auburn, Mississippi State, you know, Texas A&M, um, you know, LSU, Ole. I mean, that that's a real Donnybrook there, and yep. trying to separate those teams is really hard. And then I think a really fun part of the top part of the top 25 is teams like Miami and Arizona State have real like legit could win the whole thing teams, which they haven't had in a while. Yes. And so 
I just, you know, I guess being a traditionalist, to me, college baseball is better when those brand names are really, really good. Yep. And so I think that was another fun part of the top 25. Yeah, because you haven't seen them for a little bit. And, um, you know, it, it's nice. Yeah, for a traditionalist, it is going to be nice to see those names in there because they haven't been in there for a little bit. And, and good for Tracy because it's been coming for a while. So hopefully they can get things going and, and finish really well. And I will tell you, Rhino, like Arizona State's not good. They're really good. Yeah. I, I would, you know, th- this junior class, I would argue they get the best junior class in the country. You know, the Torkelson kid, yep. Alika Williams and Drew Swift in the middle. That, that And that's the one part of Arizona State. I mean, they're very offensive, no question. But the two things that really jump out for me about them is it's really an elite defensive team. I mean, you think about it, it's an old team, you know, that whole infield. Workman at third and Torkelson at first, and those two middle infielders. Those kids have been on the field every day for three years now. Yep. And they got a senior catcher in Sam Ferries, a Chicago kid who's a really good defender. They're very athletic in the outfield. Um, and then I would argue that their offseason was the best one on the West Coast. They pick up Jason Kelly as their pitching coach, who had done such an unbelievable job at Washington. They get Tyler Thornton, the transfer from St. Mary's, who was a freshman All American. You know, this Cooper Benson kid is a freshman from SoCal that ha- was really impressive in the fall, maybe even threatened for a weekend spot. And, you know, a kid, Justin Fall, a 6'6 Juco lefty that was up to 95. So, I mean, you know, they're going to be more offensive than they are going to be a pitching and pitching club, but uh, they're pretty complete. I- I'm really intrigued by them. And And Tracy's got the blueprint for that because he did the exact same thing at Indiana. You know, when, yep. when he had Josh Fagley and those guys, they were freshmen, and, and they, they wore it a little bit that, that freshman year with Fagley and those guys, but by the time they were juniors and seniors, they were the one of the best teams in the country. So he's been through that, and it's nice that you know, you've got to be patient a little bit with building things, and I know everybody wants it now, 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 but you've got to let a lot of that building happen where you get some really talented young guys and let them take their lumps. Um, I know, especially at a program like Arizona State where everybody wants them to win now, 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 but... You know, if you're really trying to build something and sustain it, you've got to try to do that with some younger guys early and then let them let them take their lumps and then figure it out. Yeah, and, and you know, like recruiting has changed so much in college baseball where you can't get a job in June and just, you know, there's 20 really good players just kind of hanging around. Exactly. It's just, you know, it's you, you might be three classes away from really being able to, to put your signature on a recruiting class. And I, I think Tracy's a big part of that equation, you know, it, it, for me, Rhino, in that, you know, Tracy's a very, um, I'm trying to think of the right word. You know, he's a confident guy. He's not going to be spooked. He's by, calculated. You know, yeah, he's, well he's very calculated. Yep. And he, you know, he trusts what he does. And it's, it's great to see guys that do really trust and aren't going to kowtow to to you know the naysayers and and the general public. It's it's nice when guys will will stick to their guns on that part of it. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, they're exciting. That's an interesting team. And you know, in Texas Tech, like I I think I, I think people take them for granted, but he's done such a good job there. And you look up and and what what that program was before he got there and what they are now. And you just kind of take for granted that they're going to be there. And um, obviously that wasn't the case, but Tim's done such a good job there and got a chance to play against them a while back, but he's, he's another low pulse guy who doesn't get wound up. And I think his teams play that way as well. Yeah. And I just, I think the two things that jump out for me about them is it's, you know, you can see Tim Tadlock's junior college roots are so ingrained in that Texas tech program. I mean, those kids are just super, 
hardcore love to play. You know, just like a junior college. You know, if you don't love playing, junior college is not for you because yes. you're going to be on the field a lot. And so you can tell it's just that type of blue collar, lunch pail, love to be on the field. That's just oozes out of his program. And I really like where they what they go with from a pitching standpoint. They recruit a lot of velocity. Yep. And they just, you know, I'm speaking for them, so this is my impression of it. But, hey, they're going to find out which seven of the arms figure out the strike zone. Yep. And it's going to be big velo in the strike zone. And even, you know, I think when people ding Texas Tech in this preseason, you know, Micah Dallas is their ace. He was incredible as a freshman but got hit pretty hard in Omaha. So, you know, that, that I guess, lingers a little bit. And then Bryce Bond and then John McMillan, the the other two parts of the, the rotation, you know, those are kids with massive arms. I mean, both of those kids could touch 98 this year, but they're not elite strike throwers. But, you know, Bonin did just fine as a Sunday starter last year. McMillan's back as a senior, which you would have never expected with the kind of arm strength he has. But, you know, it's one of those things where those three kids figure it out and you've got a rotation that just blow people's doors in. Yep. Who else, you know, who else is kind of on the outside looking in in that group? I, you know, I saw TCU, Dallas Baptist, Oregon State, um, you know, anybody else that that's kind of on the outside looking in right now that you're going to follow early in the year? Yeah, I mean, I, I think, you know, the, the kind of the, the bottom of the top 25 and the first part of our, you know, 26 through 40 is there's some really neat teams in there. Like, I think Texas is going to make a big jump forward this year now. I, I just think that the Texas is, you know, it's easy to forget Texas swept LSU last year. Yes. And we're all talking about, and then they ended up finishing last in the Big 12. I mean, their, their season imploded because they just fell apart at the catching position. You know, poor Michael McMahon was supposed to be their DH, and he ends up having to catch every pitch. Um, I think they'll improve. Now, again, they're going to play three true freshmen in the infield, and that's a scary proposition. But, you know, Virginia, I think, is um, – you know, they, they get Nate Savino coming at the break. I think they're yeah. very, very interesting. So a lot of those brand-name programs, I think, are going to make a nice run this year. Any other players that we need to be watching? I, I, would, I would say, you know, like Torkelson and Austin Martin, those are special dudes. I love so, Torkelson's swing, by the way. Uh, I, I love the uh, swing. I love his setup. I love his swing. I just, I love ever. I told Ben Greenspan that three years ago, just watching him, that I love everything about that kid in the batter's box. He just looks the way they're supposed to look and obviously puts up numbers the way they're supposed to as well. Yeah, I mean, he's he's such an athlete. He looks like he could play Division One free safety. Yep. And then, you know, the approach is – I'll never forget seeing him face Parker Scott – no, not Parker Scott. One of the kids from Oklahoma State. He's a true freshman, and you know, he, you know, he, he's he's having a really nice year. It's probably let's call it the one third of the way point, and he gets a three-one pitch. And how many freshmen at U of I had seen in, in a big game three-one count with that type of power? And they're just going to try and knock the left field foul pole over. Yep. And and this kid Torkelson takes a three-one changeup and hits a bomb to right center field. And I'm sitting there thinking, how in the heck did that kid? How's a fre- how, a junior can't do that, yep. let alone a freshman to do that to stay within himself like that and trust his own power. But you know, I, I think him and Austin Martin are really special players. And then you know, I think the other fun part will be, you know, if you look at Baseball America's All American list, which is done by scouting directors, eight of the twelve pitchers were SEC arms. 
I mean, the SEC on Friday nights this year is going to be just insanity yeah. with, you know, JT Ginn and, you know, Emerson Hancock and Asa Lacey and Tanner Burns. Uh, you know, I mean, almost every uh, Kumar Rocker, it's every team's got a just absolutely legit dude. So, uh, you know, I, I think the, the top two position players and then the pitching, this will be a really good year for chucking this year. Yep. Those first couple weekends, any matchups that, that people should be paying attention to game wise? You know, I think there's a lot of tournaments that are going on, you know, like the sh- the, the, the the Shriners Classic in Houston. I know it's there's a I'm messing up the name a little bit, but that thing's just absolutely loaded this year. I think yep. it's LSU Arkansas. I mean that that I I don't get to go to that, but I wish I did. Well, and they've you been know, televising those. I think Fox Sports oh, right. one one of the Fox Sports uh, affiliates picks that up, so those games will be on television. Yeah, you know, Ole Miss and LSU, or Ole Miss and Louisville play early, yep. and I think Ole Miss is a team that that is. Um, I just really like where they are as a program. You know, they obviously have a lot to replace position player wise, but I think they're, I think, I still think they're an NC tournament team. And, you know, Louisville has never been ranked number one like this before. So that's a new thing for them to carry around. Um, You know, the opening weekend, we have the, uh, we have Vanderbilt and Michigan and Cal Poly and UConn. Um, out here at Scottsdale at the at the Diamondbacks and, and Rockies facilities, and so, that's good because uh, you get a little flavor from from every part of the country in that tournament. Yeah, and you know UConn man, that Jim Penders, <laughs> what a job he does. <laughs> I love Coach there. Penders, hey, oh, just a very so genuine person, a uh, good person to talk baseball with. Yeah, yeah, and then the Dodger Stadium thing I always go to the first weekend of March, and that's UCLA, USC, TCU, and Vandy. That's another team. I'm telling you, Rhino, TCU. You know, they're we have them 26 right now. They, my opinion is they have Omaha caliber talent again. Yep. It's just that we don't know the names yet, if yep. that makes sense. Yep. You know, it's just a, they've really done a nice job rebooting. They've got some really elite freshmen. I, I think they're going to really, really pitch. You know, obviously it's as good a coaching staff as there is in America. Yep. Um, I, I think they're the, the Big 12 will be fun this year because. They, they do turn over a lot of their stars. It's a lot of, you know, like for us at Perfect Game, we didn't have one Big 12 player on our All-American list. And the only one, the two that we even considered were Nick Lofton, a Baylor, and Kate Cavalli. But Cavalli didn't even, you know, play a whole year last year. But it, the Big 12 will be fun because the programs are so strong. But it will be a lot of new stars. There will be a lot of new kids for us to kind of get our eyes on. Nice. Anything else before I let you go? And, and where can people find you if they want to chat with you? Because you are a great ambassador for college baseball. So anybody that wants to reach out to you, where can they find you? Yeah, I would say Twitter is always the best place. It's, yep. it's uh, Mike underscore Rooney. And then, um, yeah, Twitter, that, that's the best place to reach me. I would say, Rhino, two things that I think are really, really, you know, when I think about 2020, number one is just – you know, continuing the momentum, the game is in such a great place. And, you know, I think MLB has noticed what a great game we have. I mean, think about the draft coming to Omaha and, you know, you could tell the commissioner's office, they want the, the, you know, they don't want 140 high school players signing per year. They'd rather that number be smaller, you know, and that, that behooves our game. And, you know, I, I, ESPN's never been more excited about college baseball. Think about this, that Michigan and Vandy game three, that was the highest rated baseball game on ESPN uh, last year yep. uh, until like the fall. 
you know, it, it, it was more higher ranked than, or rated than some of the Yankees and Red Sox games. And so, you know, I think, I think the game's in an awesome place. I think the, it, the, the number one change that I think is the most important that we can't talk about enough is it's been called 32 hosts. Yes. It's that idea. Yeah. And I love that you're the, still talking about it. Like, cause I, uh, I said that I, I was on that like four or five years ago and I'm glad that you're banging the drum for that because it, it does help college baseball. And you and I talked about that in Virginia. Like it, it helps college baseball so much because it gets athletic directors in front of the game of baseball. And, and the more you can introduce that to more athletic directors, then it opens up other avenues and other doors for college baseball as well. Yeah. And I mean, it's more fun. I mean, think about it for us as student athletes. It's like the number one thing I remember about my career. I mean, there are a lot of great memories, but I'll never forget the Miami regional, my yep. senior year. You know, it's like, it's more postseason for the kids. It's better for the pitching. It's better for television. It's, you know, it's more, it'll be more revenue for the NCAA. Yeah, because it's, it's cheaper for travel that way, too. I mean, you don't yeah, have as many teams traveling then. Yep. Yeah, yep. more home games. And yep. They have a bigger television package to market. Yep. And it's, um, yeah, I, I think it's, uh, I, I think we need to keep talking about it because I think the idea is, has not bubbled all the way up yet. But I think yep. it's the single there's a lot of things that we want to do yes but i think this is the one that is the catalyst for everything else that yep. we want to do in college baseball yep. well good well I'm, I'm here to help as well so whatever you need out of me let's do this love it yep let's go we'll sick your dad on some people <laughs> no. <laughs> you can't I, done. him and ron polk like you can't i don't let's think go. i don't think either one of those guys like you can turn them loose any more than they probably have with the ncaa so <laughs> Love it. Yep. Yes. All right. Well, have a great Super Bowl Sunday, Mike. I appreciate you coming on. All right, Rhino. Always a pleasure. Yep. All right. Thanks again for sitting in with us. And uh, all four of those guys uh, I've known for a while, and it's fun to revisit and talk about the upcoming season, but then rehash some old stories and uh, great reminders of, of coaching, but what I love about college baseball as well. And again, thanks for, for sitting in with us, and hopefully this gets you ready for uh, the coming season here for Division One. And again, get out there and support all your, your local colleges, not just Division One. Get out there and watch everybody, because it, it helps all levels of college baseball, and it helps to drive the game forward. So again, I said this last week, feel free to reach out to me. I love talking about baseball and, and college baseball. So email is rbrownlee at abca.org. And Twitter is at CoachB underscore ABCA. Uh, And again, I really appreciate you listening in. And uh, this is Ryan Brownlee signing off from the American Baseball Coaches Association offices in Greensboro, North Carolina. Thanks, and uh, remember to leave it better for those behind you.